and welcome to episode 137 of NCP. I'm Bo, and with me is Crystal. Hello, Bo. And David. Hello. And then now, David can have the show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I David take the wheel, that whole thing. I wish the... I had like a parody queued up for David take the wheel. We should have. David's taking the lead. That was that was indeed Bo. Thank you very much for that excellent introduction. But Bo, uh, for all those people that were missing Bo, the last episode that he was meant to be on, episode one thirty-five, and we actually did have some feedback saying, "Where the hell was Bo?" So yeah, been... where was the writing in the streets? I mean, I wanted the Bo <laughs> army out in, in in just droves. You know, I don't I don't know where they were at. It's pretty good that we actually we don't we don't get a lot of feedback. So for actually for I mean that I mean fifty percent of the feedback we received for that episode was. Where's Bo questions? That's, that's pretty good. So we had two questions. One with, yeah, it was one two, was, it's two emails. Yeah. Where's, <laughs> one was, Bo where's Bo? And the other one was something else. No, no, we got it. was four. We got four, four feedback emails about that episode. Two of them were where, where's Bo, and one of them was uh, was displeasure at our um, six million dollar man versus Bionic Woman fight, which which uh, and which I thought was awesome. It was cool. It that was either. a hard. That was a hard fight, man. Yeah, like I I I'm surprised you only got one email. It was just a, it was just a tough fight. It was it was a tough fight. It uh, but the email we got was um, John. He basically said, "Look, I I've, I missed I missed this episode." So, but he so here's my opinion of it. So it's a bit late, but here's my opinion and. Uh, he basically said that uh, we got it wrong, that Jamie shouldn't have won, uh, even with Max, because Steve is a trained military man. Like, he's, he's an astronaut. Back in those days, you had to go into the military to become an astronaut. So, and... Uh, that is a valid point. It is a valid point. So he's like a trained killer. And she's just a tennis player. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so he's like, you know, he would have taken the have high ground. Have you seen some of those tennis players these days? Yeah, that, that, it's these days, but not back in the seventies. <laughs> uh, so you know, so he would have taken the high ground and used his telescopic vision and uh, killed Max with a rock <laughs> using his bionic arm, and then basically just taken Jamie out, you know, hand to hand combat sort of style. And, and although I agree that is a valid scenario, that's a val- that's definitely yeah. a valid scenario. I have no doubt in my mind. But there was plenty of episodes of the Bionic Woman where Jamie was taken on trained killers on her own, it's, without even without Max, and still yeah, you know, that's true. And it's just it's damn near a dice roll. I mean, it's yeah. just it's a really difficult one to try to choose a winner on. Yeah. So 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 like I said to like I said to Josh, is it's once I mean once you add Max into the into the into the mix, it's it's pretty much game over. So and he was and he's like, yep, yeah, fair enough. But uh, it was good. I was I, I really I really appreciated that. I mean, not only did he disagree, but he had a reason for it, which I, which was actually quite yeah. quite pleasing. So, uh, but yeah, that being said, uh, Jamie did actually st- did win. So that means that she goes on to round six versus Tilk. Uh, Says that right? You're looking at me weird. Why are you looking at me weird? I thought we'd already done that. No, no. So it's Tilk versus no, Bionic Woman and Max. Maybe I dreamed in this episode. I must have dreamed it. Dreamed the scenario. <laughs> dreamed the scenario. Oh, we got, got it worked out already. I don't remember the winner though. So that's pretty cool because the winner of that then goes into the grand final versus Deadpool. Deadpool. <laughs> Bloody Deadpool. So it's either it's either going to be the Bionic Woman or Tilk versus Deadpool. Yeah. That's such a bizarre fight. <laughs> no matter how it goes, that's that's a really bizarre lineup. <laughs> no matter how it goes, it's still entertaining. Uh, we also, for this episode, uh, that's later in the episode, uh, is also for this episode we have uh, reviews. Uh, Bo's going to be reviewing a documentary, and I'm going to be reviewing uh, the 1994 Fantastic Four movie that never got released. Very exciting. Uh, we're also going to have a top five, the top five that we're meant to have in the episode that Bo, was, that Bo missed out on, so we do want him to miss out. And uh, Azerothian Times. So without further ado, let's move on to some plugs. As has become... Uh, 
<laughs> standard with the with the the show of the last couple of episodes. I like to plug some stuff. Totally self-serving plug this time. Uh, Manamojo had its uh, first episode recording yesterday, and uh, will be up on the site tomorrow. Uh, it was going to be up today, but uh, Black Swords, you know, gone on gone on holidays, <laughs> which is fine. But uh, it was it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it was uh, very entertaining. It was the, the recording of it was almost as entertaining as the show is going to be. Um, I'm really excited. Uh, not only was it because it's our first spin-off show, essentially, Manamojo is a spin-off for NCP, um, but also because I actually haven't seen it myself. So I saw the recording, but Black Swords done so much work, you know, with you know, video cues and and uh, CGI sort of effects and stuff like that. And I actually haven't seen the final product myself, so I'm, I'm just I'm I'm going to be I'm going to see it with fresh eyes like everybody else. But it is uh, really really cool. It's uh, Black Sword and uh, hosted by Black Sword and uh, and Silhouette, who's uh, been on our videos on the show itself in the past, and uh, it it's uh, it covers uh, gaming, cosplay, and anime. So all and uh, it, it's videos. Video. Is every episode going to have the green screen deal? Yeah. That's awesome, man! It looks yeah. really good. Yeah, it is. Yeah, the promo we had some promos up, and uh, they look pretty cool. And so, but uh, but Black Source has gone mad with some of this. He showed us some uh, on the day. He showed us some stuff that he's been working on and stuff. And he's got he's got it all worked out. It's it's uh, Black really, Source going completely mad, completely mad. <laughs> so uh, it's uh, I'm really I'm really excited. I think it's going to be awesome. Uh, so the other plug is the Undercast Network. Uh, it, uh, for a regular listeners, you'll know that we uh, NCP is part of the Undercast Network, which is a collection of uh, a great collection of uh, podcasts from around the world. So, uh, not only do you have us and Renamojo, but you also have uh, Bo's podcast, ECN ECN Radio, Electric City Nerds. Um, uh, he's Walking Dead podcast, Talk the Walk, and uh, we also have some some other podcasters there as well, Bo. Yeah, yeah. There's. Uh... Vinyl After Hours, which is like a, it's a music podcast where he actually plays like real vinyl. So you hear the pop and hiss and all that. Um, but it's not always old. It's it's sometimes old music and sometimes it's actually like modern music on vinyl. So um, Vinyl After Hours. Uh, we also have Film Flames. Yeah. Film Flames. Yeah. yeah. How can we forget yeah. Film Flames, man? May <laughs> it rest in peace, man. <laughs> Flams is where uh, me and David get drunk and watch movies. <laughs> Due for a revival, um, yeah. So it's uh, so that's a small, small but growing number of uh, podcasts, and it's it's only going to get bigger from here. So check us out at uh, undercastnetwork.com. dot um, Absolutely, you got to you got to find something that you like. Indeed. Yeah, with the with the underdog podcast podcast network, the indie <laughs> podcast network, the, the punk rock yeah. podcast network, the place to be. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that's, uh, that's the end of the plugs. Let's move on to our reviews. Our first review is Bo, who's reviewing the documentary Vigilante Vigilante. Vigilante Vigilante. The full title is uh, Vigilante Vigilante, The Battle for Expression. Um... <laughs> This is a, and I love quirky documentaries. Like, doc, like I love documentaries where you watch it and you didn't learn a damn thing. It's just, it's just telling you this story about this, um, you know, this unusual scenario, and maybe it somehow has a glimpse on, um, you know, society or some sort of social. Um, but there's, but you know, those types of documentaries. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> Vigilante, vigilante is it's the story of what they call buffers, which are 
so like there's a graffiti artist and then there's buffers. They're the guys that come behind the graffiti artist and, you know, scribble it out or paint over it. And a lot of times it's done by the city. As a matter of fact, in most cases it's done by the city and they, you know, they usually have like, um, like the chain gang or something like that come and do it. And, um, but there are cases of vigilante buffers. Um, these are people that get almost the same thrill out of covering up the graffiti as the graffiti artist did in originally doing the art. And this documentary, they follow guys from all over the country. They follow like three or four different buffers. And these are like the most famous buffers. One is in Berkeley, uh, one's in Los Angeles, and one is all the way in New Orleans. And they have like, uh, like they're, they're some, like all the graffiti artists like have like names for them. Like um, there's this one guy called the Silver Buff. There's another guy called the Silver Circle because he always uses silver spray paint and, and covers everything in a circular pattern. Um, the guy in New Orleans is, is probably the most famous of them. He's called the Gray Ghost. And um, so in a weird way, they almost have like, you know, like graffiti has a lot to do with like putting your name on something or, you know, somehow like and a lot of times they have like, um, you know, clever names. And it's almost like that with the buffers, too. The buffers have, like, an identity. And, and it's it's just – the documentary is really interesting because it just shows the similar motivation between the buffers and the and the taggers. And then not only that, but it also, like, compares it to advertising and, like, you know, political signs and, and just, you know, you're bombarded with this type these types of things, whether they're officially meant to be there or whether they're sort of vigilante and, you know, you know drawn by graffiti artists or if they're just a big – silver spot that's painted over um which um by the way like the the city they talk to a lot of city officials and stuff in um, berkeley and they're like oh yeah the silver buff guy needs to stop like he gets on our nerves he has no he has no right to go around and spray paint big yellow or big silver squares on everything um but he does and um it's just an interesting it's an interesting doc- documentary and one of the cool things is, is they get the guy from Los Angeles to go meet the guy in Berkeley <laughs> and they're like giving each other pointers and like, Oh, I use this kind of paint whenever I'm spray painting these things. <laughs> and like, Oh, I have a scraper that's shaped like this to get this type of sticker off. Um, it's, it's really, it's really quirky, really interesting. Um, but it also has like, um, it also has sort of a social, you know, underbelly to it or a sort of, sort of tone to it where you get a certain vibe. I would say that it's heavily, um, the, the documentary is heavily skewed to the perspective of the graffiti artist more than anything else. Um, but even with that in mind, it, you know, it, it doesn't 100%, you know, it shows you both sides of, of the story, but it is probably pretty skewed, skewed in that direction. Um, it's a really cool documentary. I recommend it to almost anybody. And I would be lying if I said I never had a spray paint can in my backpack whenever I was a, a young kid. So, <laughs> Um, I kind of appreciate it from a few different angles. <laughs> <laughs> does it? So does it? Do they do it because it's they just don't approve of the tagging aspect of it, or so they just they don't want it to sort of ugly up their city or something like that, or is it just more because they just they just they they don't they want to be anti graffiti or something? Or what's the deal? It's it's funny. Well, like the th- the three main ones that they follow have like different reasons. Like the guy in New Orleans, he just seems like he's just really like old and grumpy. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, he just is trying to paint over it. And then he kind of got famous for it. He was, he was kind of like, if anybody was a villain of this documentary, which which really there is no villain. Even even the guy, 
so the documentary starts out they're trying to find the guy in Berkeley um, because they are graffiti artists themselves and they they've put up stickers on like certain um, street lamps and uh, and and uh, payphones and they noticed that it like if they put something on this one particular payphone it seems to be gone around the same time every day and so they started setting up cameras and trying to catch the guy in the act and then they find out who the guy is about halfway through the documentary. And the whole last half of the documentary, they're following him around, helping him do it. But they're asking him questions along the way. And um, it's really great because that guy is, um, he's the silver buff. And the silver buff <laughs> is like, <laughs> he's like kind of cool about it. Like he's not rude to him. He answers all their questions. But um, at the same time, he kind of knows he's talking to the enemy. And he kinda like <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of odd. It's really interesting. And, and, at the end of the documentary, they they still are on good terms with that guy. Like he's not like the villain of the piece, really. Um, but the motivations between the three different buffers are are different. The guy in Los Angeles actually likes graffiti. He 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 sees graffiti and he's like, oh yeah, that's uh that's so and so. Like uh, oh yeah, I like uh, I saw his art show, you know, in in Los Angeles, and like like he's like into the graffiti, but he also like covers it up. It's like weird. It, it's it's almost like it's his way of contributing. Like he can't. He can't be the guy that paints, so he's the guy that goes around and covers it up. You know, it's like it's weird. It's it is a bizarre document. I'm telling you, <laughs> I, I think almost anybody would enjoy it. And if you have any kind of like you know independent art artistic flair to you, um, I, I think you should check it out. Crystal should watch it for sure. <laughs> I'm certainly thinking about it. Uh, Crystal's a graffiti artist from way back. Am I? <laughs> <laughs> That's not my alias name. <laughs> Crystal entity. <laughs> the the clear buff. <laughs> the clear buff. What? <laughs> cool. All right, the, a rating? It's hard to rate. It's hard to rate. I guess if I'm comparing it to other documentaries, uh, I would say it's probably a four out of five. It's above average. Mm -hmm. um, it's not as good. I think there, there's a documentary called The Parking Lot I think is better. Um, there's a, there's a few other documentaries that are better, so I can't say it's a five, but it's definitely above average. It's a really good. It's a really good documentary. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you love it twice. I love it twice. We got some really, really bad feedback. Cool. So I'm glad you remembered the ratings this episode. If we forgot to rate the last, <laughs> the last episode, episode we had no ratings. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, <laughs> we both forgot. Ah, oh, that's all right. Because we're terrible. We're a professional outfit. <laughs> you need me there to keep all to keep everything on track. That's, that's right. Exactly right. I'm the glue that keeps all this together. That's exactly. Well, according to fifty percent of our feedback. <laughs> Yeah, fifty percent of, of feedbackers say that I'm the <laughs> to keep up together. Uh, so, uh, the next review is myself, and uh, like I said at the start, I'm reviewing the Fantastic Four, the 1994 unreleased film from uh, Roger Corman. It's got, it's got quite a lot of mystery to it. This film, because, it, like I said, it was it was unreleased in the cinemas, and uh, you can only see it as it on like bootleg copies and and uh, you know and torrents if you're into that sort of stuff. Um, I've I, I only just saw it recently i've seen it like four times now since i since i managed to acquire a copy of a friend of mine so i didn't illegally torrent it but someone else did and i'm willing to take advantage of that <laughs> but uh, it's uh, absolutely awesome and i don't pose is in disbelief of this but it actually is an awesome oh. film and i and if you if you can acquire it in some way i highly recommend that you do because it, it it's it's just entertainment from start to finish um a bit of a bit of uh, history. Uh, now the reason it was uh, it was unreleased. Um, now there's, there's two stories to why it was unreleased. 
the official story is that it was never meant to be released. Uh, that it was only that it was only produced uh, in order to keep the copyright. Uh, German producer Bernd Eichner, I've obviously got that wrong. Eichner um, <laughs> purchased the rights from Stan Lee uh, for his uh, Constantine Film Company, and uh, he uh, they were going to produce like an actual you know to be released film about it, and they just they kept they kept getting stalled and. And eventually, they just they're like, well, they were going to they were going to lose the rights, and so they were going to make a film, and nobody said it had to be like a, you know a huge big budget, you know. I mean, this is nineteen ninety four, so it's you know this is like Jurassic Park sort of stuff. So nobody said it had to be you know that sort of level of awesome. We'll just put some you know we'll just make something you know cheap and on the quicks, and and so they they teamed up with uh, B movie specialist Roger Corman, and uh, gave it a one million dollar budget. <laughs> Right. To give it to put it in, to put it in comparison for you, the the actual the two Fantastic Four films that were released later on, uh, they had budgets of ninety million and one hundred and thirty million. Um, so you know that will give you an idea of just how how little they had to work with on this film. Um, but they then uh, after the after the filming, they then actually did like promo work, like the actors and stuff did promo work and. And uh, it was announced at San Diego Comic Con and all that sort of stuff, and then it was just never released. And people were like, "Well, what? What's going on?" <laughs> it's like they had trailers and the whole deal. No, just never released. Yeah, uh, like I said, two different reasons. One, one uh, idea is that it was like because it was, was it was never meant to be released in the first place. Nobody and nobody bothered to tell the crew, like the cast or crew, this. Um, and so they were they, so they were like angry about it. Like, well, what's you know, what's the deal? Is and even Stan Lee backs that up. So Stan Lee, in an interview with Kevin Smith, um, actually said, yeah, that film was never meant to be released. It was purely just for, you know, copyright, retaining copyright purposes. Uh, but Roger Corman actually disputes this. He says that uh, it was definitely meant to be released and that they actually had to buy his buy him out in order to not allow it to be released. Um, and there's, so there's some, some sort of evidence for that because uh, Avi Arad, who was, a, it was, who was a Marvel executive at the time, he was, this is a, this is at the start of his uh, sort of wheeling and dealing and try and create the Marvel Studios that we that we know today. Like so, and he didn't he didn't want uh, well according to the stories he didn't want this terrible film. Like he saw the Fantasy Four and he, he thought it was terrible. And he, he was basically sick and tired of these low budget crap Marvel films. So this, so uh, you know Captain America, The Punisher, that sort of stuff, all came around that sort of sort of period, and they were just they were all terrible and. He's like, look, this is just going to further further dilute the Marvel brand, and I'm trying to get you know these deals in place. So, and so he's the one that actually then bought out the producers in order to not get it released, and then destroyed all the prints. So, depending on which story you believe, I mean, it's it's, it's it could it, I actually think it's a combination of the two, but who knows? I don't know. The the true story may never be told. There is a documentary uh, being produced at the moment called Doomed. Uh, which is uh, supposedly has the real story and, and talks to all the people involved and stuff like that. There's a trailer for that up uh, uh, on doomtothemovie.com. Um, it's been in production for a while and they still haven't released the films, the documentary, so I'm not too sure what's going on there. It may never get released, who knows? But um, there's the, the trailer's pretty interesting. It speaks to all the, the major characters. But it's just it's a, it's a fascinating story. The, the story behind the, the story is really cool. In fact, the story behind the story is probably more interesting than the, the, the film itself. But... Yeah. That being said, the movie's awesome. <laughs> it's it's widely it's 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 widely panned for all the all the people that uh, were lucky enough to see it. It is, you know, just just panned. And uh, Rotten Tomatoes has got it's got it for thirty three percent. And 
But uh, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Actually, it, it doesn't deserve <laughs> the the, uh, the ire that it, that it gets. It actually is highly, highly entertaining. Um, I mean, just just some, some notes that I got from here. It's it's the acting is uh, is widely panned, and it's actually just not that bad. It's, I mean, there's there's a couple of uh, standouts. Um, Alex Hyde White, who plays Reed Richards, actually does a really good job. Like, really, he's really earnest about it. Um, and uh, Michael Bailey Smith, who plays Ben, he also does you know a pretty good job for what he for what he gets. Um, when he becomes the thin, it's actually somebody else in the suit. Uh, but the guy in the suit, uh, he was a stuntman. They actually they work together so that the mannerisms were you know the same and stuff like that. The but the worst are definitely uh, Joseph Culper's Doom. Like Doom is just is awful. It's so over the top. It's outrageous. Which is a shame because he looks cool. Like he looks like the comic book version of Doom. Uh, but uh, Except for maybe the cloth neck bit, but uh, but other than that, actually, he's he's pretty much spot on. But the overacting is just is just atrocious. I, just, I wonder if any of them actually just phoned it in because they knew it wasn't going to be released. But that's the thing; they didn't know it was not going to be released. They actually they they were under the impression that it was actually going to be released. Um, so they yeah, I mean, they're, they're all they're all the stories true. They thought it was going to happen. Yeah. yeah, no no one told them that it wasn't going to be released. So they actually they were, they go all out. I mean they 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 really do make an effort. Like everybody involved makes an effort. Like the like um uh the other, I mean except like I mean some of them are just bad actors. Like Joseph Cobb I think is just a bad actor. Um and Jay Underwood uh otherwise known as the boy who could fly. Oh, that um, guy. Yeah, it's just he's just terrible as Johnny Storm. I mean, it's just so bad. The scene, the, the, the perfect example of that is the scene is uh, after they crash land, after getting their powers and they crash, um, he's freaking out because he's like, he's just like, oh, well, now I'm a, you know, now I, I, I'm, you know, I burst into flames and stuff like that. And he just has this, basically this nervous breakdown. <laughs> it's just so terrible, but uh, it's still entertaining. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, but the people involved, they, they really like made an effort. Like the editing is actually quite good. The soundtrack is awesome. Like the people who did actually did the soundtrack paid some of their own money in order to get like a full forty-piece orchestra to get this mu- the music done, and it's far better than the films that were released. The soundtrack in this film far better, and the overall sort of this overall sort of style and, and um, I don't know, just sort of like the theme is like the, the feeling of, the, of it is very much old school Fantastic Four. I mean, it's basically the Fantastic Four comic from the sixties on the screen like it has i mean the the feelings the feelings that it invokes are, are much much more exciting than, than the actual films that, that were that were released which are terrible i mean I, the, the two films the fantasy four films that were were bad I yeah. um so except for the silver surfer who was awesome <laughs> in the second film but uh and you know and, and of course the so the cgi effects are, are terrible for that um in a lot of people I've, I've read online are saying that they're you know they're terrible for their day but that's just not true. I mean, like I said, this is this is the, the day of this is the year of Jurassic Park. Yeah, if you got the money. Yeah, and that's it. So they're terrible for the money. <laughs> so I mean, Jurassic Park, a hundred million dollars. Of course, the dinosaurs are going to look awesome. Well, you've only got a million dollars, and most of that would have gone to the thin suit. Um, of course, the other special effects that you get, like John, uh, Johnny Storm's Human Torch transformation, they just look terrible. But you know, they they do what they they do the best that they can. And talking about the suit. The suit actually, I think, actually looks better than the one in the two films that are released, and I'm not denying that. I mean, Michael Chiklis, a better actor, and the the movement of the suit is a lot better in the in the the 2000 uh, films that are released. But the actual sort of the the look of it and uh, 
and the way that it sort of it, the, the mouth moves when he's talking and stuff like that, I actually quite like in this in this film. It just it, I don't know. It just it looks it looks cheesy. It's, it looks cheesy, but it looks cheesy in a cool sort of teenage mutant ninja turtles way. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's really really cool. Um, there's the storyline. The storyline itself it deals like with the it's it's basically a retelling of their origin combined with the origin of Doctor Doom. So you've got Reed uh, and. Um, Victor uh, are at they're at university. I'll read Victor and Ben are all at university, and Reed and Victor are working on a, a an experiment to harness the power of this radioactive cloud that's coming near the Earth called the Colossus. Um, and of course, the experiment goes uh, goes awry, and uh, Victor is gets you know horribly scarred, and Reed thinks that he's dead. Um, but he's two henchmen that are there to look after him because he's because ro- he's royalty in, in Latveria. He's got these two henchmen, and just a quick aside: the two henchmen, hilarious, and uh, I mean they're all played for laughs. And one of them is a speeding image of Jermaine Clement. Like if they rebooted this film, they could cast Jermaine Clement because basically Jermaine Clement doing his cool, sexy sort of thing, like the, the <laughs> we hide in the shadows, what we do in the shadows sort of version. It's of business time. Yeah, business time. <laughs> it's just, it's gold. He's just awesome. Anyway, but, uh, so they, they take the body back to that Veria and, uh, and, you know, he eventually, you know, 10 years, and then it's basically 10 years later. And, uh, and the way that it passes time is in that classic Roger Comer way of the newspaper that spins to the screen. <laughs> <laughs> with this newspaper headlines are basically telling you the plot points. It's gold. Anyway, so ten years later, and uh, Doom, you know, Doom appears, and and Reed decides that he's going to try again, but this time he's actually going to go up into space uh, for the Colossus's return because it only comes every ten years. And uh, Ben convinces him to take Johnny and and Sue, who are now ten years older. Uh, in the in the past, Reed is, stays at this boarding house that's run by Johnny and Sue's mum. And so they're there, and, and they're, they're just little kids. I mean, it's Sue's only 12, I'd say. Played by Mercedes McNabb, who goes on to play uh, Harmony in, in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, so she's about 12, and she's got a crush on Reed, and he, like, he kisses her on the cheek, and she's like, oh, he's so dreamy. <laughs> that sort of stuff. But then now it's 10, it's 10 years later, so now she's just she's this hot babe, and she she really is a very pretty woman. And, uh, and so he Ben convinces them to take uh, Johnny and Storm up, and... And the the mother dubs them the Fantastic Four. And so look at you, the Fantastic Four. And uh, so they go up into space. And of course, things go bad. Now the reason things go bad is because it's, it's not it's, this, this is not in the comics. But um, they're using uh, Reed decides that the, the reason the original experiment went wrong is because it was too much power and it wasn't the heat wasn't diffused. And so they get they use this what's meant to be a diamond, but it's, but it's clearly a piece of plastic. <laughs> so dilithium crystals. <laughs> it is a dilithium crystals. It's essentially what it is, um, and to sort of diffuse the heat. But unbeknownst to him, the jeweler, who is an original character, who's clearly meant to be sort of a mole man sort of deal, um, he swaps the the <laughs> the diamond in this ridiculous scene <laughs> where he breaks into the lab and he's got these stupid security things, these grid laser grids on the ground, which basically just sort of hops over. It's terrible. Um, so he's kind of like a troll sort of like sort of creature, and and. Uh, he swaps the diamond for a fake one, and so the experiment goes bad. They get assaulted by the cosmic radiation. They crash land. Johnny has his nervous breakdown. <laughs> this this scene's hilarious because you see you see Ben, Reed, and Johnny, and they're all talking about. And Johnny's really really excited because he's like, "We survived the crash. We all survive. We all survive. It's all good. Don't worry about it." And but no one mentions the fact that Sue's not there. Like nobody even mentions the fact that they have, they don't know Sue whether Sue's alive or dead until she appears. <laughs> it's like it's like oh Sue there you are. It's uh, <laughs> oh hi Mark. Oh hi Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. 
Uh, and then, of course, they decide they discover their powers and stuff. Uh, Doom captures them, uh, which I thought was a pretty cool plot point. Like, actually, they, Doom sends his men to look, and they look like the U.S. Marines, and so they they don't because they don't know where they've crash land. They think they've they've arrived in America because the means of Marines have come to grab them, but they're actually in Latveria. And so, the, so the, the Doom's men take them back, and there's this funny sequence where a doctor who's trying to take blood samples and stuff, and he, you know, of course, he can't get the needle through the thin skin and all that sort of stuff. And then um, Doom decides that he wants to take all of their powers combined, <laughs> and, but they they manage to escape. And there's, the scene where they escape is is hilarious because they're in Latveria, like they're in Doom's castle in Latveria, and they manage to escape through a wall, a hole in the wall of the castle. Doom, <laughs> Doom's like. Oh, like does like the classic comedy double take. He's like, oh, oh well, <laughs> but then doesn't bother chasing them. Like they're in Latveria, like they're in Europe. They've they've got nowhere to go. It's, so you could have just easily have chased after them, but of course they can't. Of course he doesn't do that. And then the next, the very next scene, they're back in the states with no explanation of how they got there. It's ridiculous. Well, it worked with Batman, so and uh, so of course they then they they then uh, decide to start to use their powers for good and to stop Doom. They discover that Doom is in fact Victor, who's still alive. They go back to Latveria because Doom's created a, a super laser, a laser, <laughs> to destroy the New York. And they, they go back to stop him, and then, of course, they do. So that's that's the whole movie in a nutshell. Oh, and the very end, Reed and Sue get married. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> when they, the, scene, the scene when they're driving off in the, in the just-married car, Reed's arm, <laughs> he's waving out, out, out of the... Uh, the skyroof thing, and it's basically just a foam arm, like a long, really long foam tube <laughs> with a hand on the end of it that someone's got a wire attached and is just waving it back and forth. It's absolutely brilliant. I need a someone needs a, gr- a gif of that thing. It's just it's absolutely brilliant. It's like one of those pool noodles with a glove on it. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly it. <laughs> Oh, There's no uh, way that movie is any good. <laughs> it's awesome. I'm telling you, it really, really is. I mean, all the all the jeweler stuff. I mean, all the jeweler stuff is all pointless. Like it, it, they introduce Alicia Masters and um, who's Ben's love interest in the comics, and and the jeweler falls in love with her and wants to make her his queen, and so he captures her, and so all all of that stuff is all completely pointless. I would have cut all of that. I would actually have had the Mole Man and had their first public appearance be them fighting the creature, just like in the comic itself with the Mole Man and stuff. You know, it's it is it is what it is. I mean, it's it is just Roger Corman. So you so you get you get these sort of weird sort of troll like characters and stuff. He, he loves that sort of stuff. But uh, but all the, but the rest of it. I mean, the actual the actual interaction with all the with all the characters is is absolutely priceless. The thing is awesome. There's this one scene where he's he's trying to save Alicia from the jewelers from the uh, from, no Doom Doom goes to decides he needs the diamond, so he he uh, goes to where the jeweler and his henchmen live. Um, in order to grab the diamond, and Alicia is there at this point already, and so and the jeweler. There's this pointless scene. The jeweler says, "Don't come any closer, or I'll kill her." And Doom's like, "So? <laughs> I don't even know who she is." <laughs> it's like I'm the bad guy here. I don't. Why would I care? <laughs> it's just brilliant stuff. And uh, and so and Ben's there, and and just as he's about to save her, she's like, "Oh no, Ben, don't get hurt. I love you." <laughs> and then he's like, "I love you," and he transformed back into human. Like, there's no explanation for it. He becomes human, so he has to run away because he's going to get shot. And then he's so upset when he goes outside that he wasn't able to save Alicia, he transformed back into Thin again. But instead of then, now that he's a Thin, instead of going back in to save her, he goes, he walks away. <laughs> it's just 
brilliant stuff. It's it really really is highly recommended. So I just, I mean I, of course we don't uh, condone torrenting on this on this show, but uh, if you do manage to get a hold of this, I mean it is available at conventions and various other sources and stuff. Um, I would my, love to have it. My, my friend actually my, he actually bought it off eBay. So yeah, hey get I mean I'm telling you if you can get a hold of this film. The quality is terrible, as to be expected, because, I mean, all the original prints are dead. Um, the version I saw was in this weird sort of pseudo-widescreen, which really really all it was was just a 4.3 that they stretched out to widescreen. So, Reed, oh so Reed's nose is really pointy. Um, my copy was, was terrible, but I don't care. I've seen it four times now, and I'll see it again after this recording. Brit. I just, I just, can't, I just can't believe that you give, it, you give that movie so many... You know, so many disbeliefs, but like you, you hate Tusk. <laughs> I feel like I feel like it's the same. It's it's almost, it's almost similar in that like some parts look silly, but the acting's pretty good. <laughs> it's funny. It is funny what you give a pass on because I mean that's clearly a terrible yeah. movie, but you love yeah. it because it's so bad. I love it. It is you so hate bad. Prometheus. It's because Prometheus thinks it's awesome. Prometheus. That's that, I mean, I I think I've explained it before. I mean, the Tusk one probably is a little harder to explain, but Prometheus Prometheus thinks it's brilliance. I mean, you can just see it. It's just so arrogant yeah. that film. But it's and so it bad. Fails in every every way except for the visuals, which are brilliant. Whereas Fantastic Four, they, they do what they can. They're, they're so earnest about trying to do a good job. Yeah. Like, even Blair Underwood, who plays Johnny, who is just a terrible actor. Like, terrible. Even the henchmen do a better acting job. But so at least what you're saying you can see is, he's trying. So yeah. you're saying that you, you... You just said the same thing. So, like, you, you hate Prometheus for the same reason that you love Fantastic Four 94. No, no, no. They're trying their hardest, but they don't think that the film's going to change the world. Whereas you can tell, Prometheus thinks that it's, it's some sort of milestone that, of cinema. That, so the movie didn't. So like, you don't think that the actors in the movie thought that this wasn't going to be a blockbuster hit? I mean, they're, they're, they're upset that it didn't go to theaters, you know? Oh, well, no, one, one guy, no, 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 see, it's, uh, I see what you're saying, but one of the guys actually says that, uh, the guy that plays uh, Ben, he says that, uh, I mean, it didn't it didn't go to cinemas, we didn't get a chance to show it off, and that's ridiculous, because that's how you get more jobs. So he was seeing it more as a showreel, so it's, he was, it was basically just, he was just paying the, he was paying the bills, you know what I mean? I think, <laughs> I think what it is, is that the Fantastic Four movie never came out, so it never... It never got like a big public opinion, and so you can watch it and kind of make your own opinion. Yeah, and and, and I'm similar to you in this way, David. So what I'm saying is not necessarily talking about me and you here. All right, all right. The public opinion of Prometheus was really high. People went and saw it and said, "Oh, it's a great movie." And then we went and saw it, and it didn't live up to what we thought it was going to be, and so it made us hate the movie even more because people were kind of too dumb to get it like people because people loved it and and we disliked it it made us hate it right you know what i mean yeah and fantastic four you have the advantage of there's there's no public public opinion of it yet because it never got released yeah but people have seen it it's got it's people enough people have seen it to rate it on rotten tomatoes as 33 percent yeah <laughs> I, 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 think I don't know the, the, and, and, you know like 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 I always talk about how I liked Oblivion a lot, but like the truth is, is everybody hated it, and I saw it, and I thought it was really good, and I was like, well, 
I really dig this movie and people hate it, so it makes me like it that much even more. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love it. I feel like the Prometheus is the opposite of that. Anyway, that's enough of that. <laughs> Did you guys tell these guys? Oh, I was just going to say the other difference between Prometheus and Fantastic Four is Prometheus had a, had a gazillion and dollar budget. Yeah. And, so, and, and had uh, all, all the. everything they could probably want and ask for, so they had less excuses to make a bad movie than, than the. That's it on a nutshell. See, this is why I married this woman. That's true. She's That's beautiful true. and smart, and she agrees with me. No, I, 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 I agree definitely with you. see that. <laughs> no, you're totally right. These, I mean, this thing about it, these guys had a million dollars, and I would much rather watch this film, which is much more truer to the comic, than I would the two pieces of crap that came out later. I mean, the, the two, the two that came out later had some, it had some good stuff. I mean, once again, the guy that plays Reed is actually quite cool. Um, I had no problem with, you know, Jessica Alba as Sue. I mean, she's not a very good actress, but, you know, but she it is what it is. But the suit looks terrible. Um, you know, the stories are, are crap. I mean, the best thing about the, the 2000 films that come out is that is Johnny Storm. So it, Chris Evans as Johnny Storm is perfect. He's perfectly cast. He looks awesome. He acts the way he's meant to act. It's, it's brilliant. So every, everything involving Johnny is cool, but the rest of it's all, you know, it is what it is. Whereas this film, is, is, I mean, I mean I've, seen, I've seen it, like I said, I've seen it four times. The first time I watched it from start to finish. The second time I watched it, I think I watched it from start to finish. Now the third and fourth times, I skip all the jeweler stuff. <laughs> just, just fast forward, fast forward, fast forward, because it's just, it's pointless stuff. But all the, all the, other, all, all the other scenes are, are gold. When he says four times, he means within the last four days. Yeah, <laughs> I watched it again. Yeah, this only had over four days. <laughs> <laughs> I like the story behind the movie. I, I like this Dune documentary. Sounds really cool. Is it out yet, or it's, yeah, it's no, well, like it's not. It's not out yet. I'm not too sure what the deal is. The, the website isn't very informative. On I mean, I, I'll be honest. I'm going to throw it out there, doomed guys. If you listen, it's your website doesn't really tell you what's going on. It's pretty bad. Yeah. So it's 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 been in production for a while. There's a trailer for it. You can pre-order it. So they're pretty confident it's going to happen. But there's yeah. no real indication of any sort of ETA or anything, so it's it's. But I'm not I'm not putting down any money until I see an actual release date. Yeah. So then, you, how do you rate it? Oh, the 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 film Fantasy Four. Yeah. It's it's a hard, I don't know, it's a hard one. There's, I mean, if you, my <laughs> my honesty. I mean, I rate yeah. I rate things out of out of how much the entertainment they give me. Remember, right? So just remember that it's, it's if I enjoyed it, then it gets a high rating, regardless of its of its of its pitfalls. <laughs> I give it four out of five. Oh god! <laughs> four out of five because There's it's Fantastic no Four. Way. There's no way. I'm That's telling you, I'm telling you, it's awesome. If you watch this film and are not entertained, I will be shocked. Then what do you rate Sharknado? Oh, one out of five. <laughs> But it's entertaining. No, it's not. I've never, I've never actually seen it. Oh, okay. <laughs> the bit where he's got the chainsaw is pretty is pretty funny, but the rest of it, I mean, it's got power reading it for crying out loud. So that's uh, fantasy four. Let's move on because uh, we've been on that, that for a while. That's another interesting contrast because that, that's an intentionally filmed to be bad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think so yeah, I, I definitely can tell the difference. Like, yeah. whenever there's that like. Uh, Whenever there's that whole twist of where they're trying to make something good, but it turns out awful, it's it's way better than whenever they're trying to make something awful and it turns out awful. You know? Yes, yeah, I'm with you. That's to- that's it in a nutshell. Basic scene. Uh, God, I'm say, I, I seriously, I'm watching it again after we finish. With it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's move on to contest of champions. Ladies and gentlemen, 
Okay, so we're up to round six of Contest of Champions. Very exciting. So as we as we said at the start, it's Tilk versus the Bionic Woman and Max. Of course, Max. Of, of course, Max. It's, there's no fight without Max. So uh, I won't I won't reveal the uh, the online votes until until the end. But uh, as you know, the arena, eighteen hundred by eighteen hundred feet cube, four city blocks of New York City. Hopefully, <laughs> with the force field that goes up into space. Uh, no civilians are present. Uh, Tilk on one side of the city, Jamie and Max on the other side of the city. We never actually specified, but I always picture it at night. Really? I always specify it at day. I don't know How why. weird is that? I feel like it's a nighttime kind of deal. Um, now, I've already, I mean, in the previous episodes, because they've appeared before, uh, we went through their biographies of what they can do and stuff. So, but very, very briefly, you've got Tilk. He's an alien warrior, trained for, specifically for combat. Jafar. Uh, he is a Jafar, yes. He has uh, two weapons. Um, the uh, staff. Staff weapon. It's just yeah, called the, a staff the, weapon. The staff weapon, which yeah, can fire projectiles. Um, and he's also used for close combat stuff. And he's uh, knife. Uh, Jamie is a cyborg. Uh, she hasn't had any official sort of combat training, but she's you know, she's picked it up as she goes along. Uh, she has bionic legs, which means that she can run at like, what is it, 70 kilometers an hour or something? And at one point she runs at 100 or something. Uh, and a bionic ear. Yeah. And a bionic dog. And her dog, Max, who's a German <laughs> shepherd, who, uh, who has four bionic legs. And know, a bionic jaw. Yeah, bionic jaw, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah so he can because he can bite through steel and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and a bionic jaw. So, uh, yeah, opposite ends. They're heading towards each other. Hit it. Cool. I'll, I'll start it off. All right, Joe, I think Tilk's just going to go straight in for the kill. Um, Jamie's going to use... Max is going to range ahead in order to find Tilk. And uh, Jamie will be hit, listening out for him. So there's no doubt... I have no doubt that Jamie and Max find Tilk before Tilk finds them. I didn't, I didn't look this up, but I, I have a feeling that Tilk might have some sort of heightened senses. Yeah, he does. He does, he does have heightened senses, yeah, but mm. not... To the extent of Jamie's ear, or even Max's doggy nose, doggy nose, and and doggy hearing. No, okay. He def she definitely finds them him before he finds them. Oh, no what, doubt. What does she do? Max just goes in for it. Goes for the throat. <laughs> Max doesn't muck around. <laughs> so he's so Tilk's walking through. You know, he's, he's trying to be all, all careful and stuff. He's got his staff in his hands already because he's ready for ready for action. It's being all serious. Uh, Jamie and Max come across him. Max just goes straight in and I goes for the throat. Tilt blocks him with the staff weapon. Yeah, he would block him. Not only block him with the staff, he'd probably stab the dog through the neck. <laughs> so so Max is going for the attack. Do you reckon Tilt manages to shoot him before Max gets to him or Max a- attacks, but then Tilt uses the staff to keep him down? And well, Max has got bionic legs, so he'd be super fast, so he'd probably only have time to block. Yeah, all right. So Max reaches Tilt, jumps onto him, He's going for it, he's trying to get to the throat. Tilk's keeping him at bay using the staff and his superior combat skills. Jamie, what's Jamie doing? She would probably use the opportunity to to attack Tilk. Yeah, exactly. But how does she attack him? I don't know. Rips off a piece of metal from something, <laughs> stabs him through the back of the head. I think that she could reach through his back and pull his uh, gaul down. <laughs> That'd be awesome! <laughs> that, that assumes she, she knows he's got one. Yeah. 
I don't know. That's interesting. Do, do they get told each other's strengths and weaknesses before they go into the fight? We never We've really operated on the assumption beforehand that they hadn't. Yeah, that's right. Actually, well, yeah, yeah, you're right. We have actually mentioned yeah. in the past that they don't know each other's capabilities, right? Yeah. 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 So she went, oh, that's why, yeah, that's why Athena doesn't use a freaking liquid nitrogen until he sees her healing. And, and who did Tilt battle? Garon. Yeah. Garon didn't know about the symbiont. Yeah, Garon didn't know, so therefore, yeah, Jamie just shouldn't know either. Battle yeah. through the torso would have done it. Yeah, Garon could have won it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, no, okay, okay. So, so, so she doesn't reach for the thing, but that still doesn't mean that she can't go through for, go for his heart. I mean, she would assume, being humanoid, that he would have a heart. So Have a heart. Yeah, so, I mean, she might try and take him out that way. So we'll still use that. The, the fact that she comes in, comes up from behind, tries to take him out. He wears that, like, chest plate thing, so it might be kind of hard for her to do it. Can you rip out his kidneys? Oh, but we had him in for, just fatigues <laughs> yeah. last time. Break his we? spine. She can do all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I think we just had him in fatigues yeah. last time. All right, so he's, yeah, so he's fighting, he's fighting, trying to, he's trying to keep Max from killing him. I, I, I mean, as, as much as I love Max, I think it's pretty obvious that I love you. I love, I love the Max. I think... Tilk versus Max, it's Tilk. I mean, superior yeah, yeah. combatability versus an animal. Yeah. I haven't seen a lot of the Stargate uh, TV show, but Tilk does kick a lot of ass. <laughs> it's like every episode he's in, he's kicking butt. So Tilk versus a... I mean, yes, Bionic German Shepherd is still Tilk versus an animal. Yeah. So I think Tilk... Well, he can defeat replicators. Yeah, and they're pretty tough, yeah? They're, they're all... They're essentially they're the all, Borg, right? They're all animal. They're all... For like a bit of <laughs> Yeah. Alright, so Tilk takes Max out. Poor Max. Goes down for the count. Like he knocks him away and then gets a blast off and pff, that's the end of Max. He's out of there. By this time, Jamie's already engaged. So now it's, it's like goes for the sneak attack. Manages to do some damage. Mm. So we actually get some damage on, on poor Tilk. And then it's Tilk versus Jay. So damaged Tilk versus ready for action Jamie. What do you reckon? I, I don't know. I think I think I want to give it to Jamie. I just I just feel like she has the advantage of strength over Tilk. But Tilk's uh, probably a more experienced and a better fighter. Yeah. Um, yep. But does that overpower her like bionic strength? Yeah. That's that's the and tough he's probably, one. Probably stronger than normal. Like he's yeah. stronger than normal human, but I don't know that he's that strong. Yeah. So she's taken out multiple, you know, henchmen before. They're all, you know, they're all pretty ruthless and, yeah, and they're strong, all human. But they're all human, whereas he's a trained killer. I mean, he was trained to kill from childhood. Yeah. So, I mean, I think this. I mean, this is very similar to the. It's very similar to the the six million dollar man Jamie thing, right? The reason we gave it to Jamie in the end was because Max was still alive and had disabled Stephen, right? It's it's Steve could basically couldn't fight both of them at the same time because they were both superhuman. Whereas if it just if Max hadn't been involved, I actually think Steve would have won. Um, so now that we've, so now that we've got, but now we've got essentially the same fight. Even though she has sneak attacked him and wounded him, I just think he's just a far superior fighter. I just, I just don't think, and he still has his weapon, whereas she has no weapons. I just, I, just, I personally, I just, my heart. As much as I want Jamie to win, I think Tilk should win. I think she'd go at it full throttle, but Tilk would just. If with one blow, basically, he take her out. Yeah, I mean, if I mean, if we want to get really exotic about it, she could outrun him. Like she's faster than him, but yeah. So I'm thinking maybe she runs, she runs off, gets undercover, and just starts throwing stiff stuff at him, and she and he can't hit her because she's too fast. But 
that's I mean that's he's he's smart though. Yeah, like, he I mean, he's no fool. Just chase her mindlessly. Yeah, he'd wait it out. That's right. He'd wait it out. That's exactly yeah. right. All right, so it's uh, well, let's put it to the vote. So it's, uh, it's three of us here. We'll put it to the vote. I think. It's, I say it, yeah. I say we need to we need to see what the vote was, just because there are situations like this, and who who breaks the tie. The listeners break the tie, so yeah, I'm yeah. interested in... All right, well, I'm voting... So we'll do our votes, and then we'll see what the what the listeners' votes were. I, I'm voting Tilk, badly wounded, but still victorious. I wanted Jamie to win, but I, I think Tilk would, would win. Okay. Well, I thought there was going to be some sort of uh, debate in this. I, 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 I'm I with Crystal. Like, I really wanted Tilk to win, but after we talked about it... I wanted Jamie to win, but after we kind of discussed it, I feel like Tilk would probably win. All right. <laughs> Okay, well, the Facebook votes. Uh, we only had, we only had three votes. wasn't uh, quite the dead. I mean, it didn't have the word Deadpool in there, and so therefore nobody cared. <laughs> but uh, we, we did, we did actually get some votes. So it was, just, it was better. Stephen versus Jamie got nothing. So I'm quite pleased with this. So we got three votes: one for Tilk, two for Jamie. Oh god! <laughs> so two to one, Jamie. I just want to read out some of these choice quotes. Scott says Jamie Summers eats strong men for breakfast. If she still has her German Shepherd, she's a shoe in too fast and too strong. Yeah, but Tilk's not a strong man. He's a strong alien. <laughs> uh, well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> that's, irrelevant. that's irrelevant. And we took it out the dogs. And we took it. He t- 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 took the dogs out. Uh, John, for, uh, who we mentioned earlier, uh, he says, Tilk hands down. Alien warrior against Bionic tennis player with a dog. No contest. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, and Blacksword jumped in and said, I'm going to go with Jamie Summers. I think Tilk will underestimate her strength and speed. Summers for the win. I think that that strength and speed is the key for her, but I don't know that it's enough to win. All right, so who are we going with? I'm still still voting Tilk. Tilk? I may be American, but I'm not a flip-flopper, David. No, no, the numbers numbers still work out. So Tilk, 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 plus the Tilk on Facebook. That's four versus two for Jamie. Four versus two, Tilk wins. Thanks very much to everybody who uh, commented. Very, very cool. Especially John and his awesome, his awesome uh, scenario for why <laughs> Steve should have won. <laughs> but uh, that, that's a victory to Tilk. And um, he moves on to the final round. So two episodes from now, we will have our grand final of uh, Constant Champions 2.0. So Deadpool <laughs> versus Tilk. Competition. I don't, I don't think I expected Tilk to be there. <laughs> <laughs> who did you expect to be there? I don't know. I don't know who I was thinking. But, uh, yeah. You know, Deadpool was there and he did cert. <laughs> Bloody Deadpool. <laughs> I ruined the yeah. day. <laughs> but anyway, that's cool. So that's, that's going to be really exciting. Really, really exciting. We're actually going to have a special guest with us on that episode as well. We're going to get people coming in because we need all the help we can get with that fight. So it's uh, it's going to be cool. <laughs> We're calling it the big gun. The cool. <laughs> <laughs> cool, so that was Contest of Champions. Agree or disagree? John, you agree or disagree? Let us know. <laughs> so it's uh, it, and, uh, like I said, next uh, next two episodes from now, round seven, the grand final, Deadpool versus Tilk. Stay tuned. Go Tilk. Next up, we've got our top five. For this edition of top five, we'll be talk- looking at our movie remakes, so that are actually good. So good movie remakes, because we we rag on <laughs> on these films a lot. <laughs> Let's be honest. I mean, most most of the time, movie remakes are pretty bad. And uh, just, you know, reboots and all that sort of rubbish. But there are actually good ones. Terrible. Yes, Terrible <laughs> is trash. Uh, so, but, you know, there are a bit, like I said, there are good ones. And uh, I easily came up with five. So, uh, <laughs> the evil look Crystal just gave me. Are you gloating? <laughs> Although, to be fair, oh, myself, I myself, essentially I had four weeks to do this. 
Yep. And it just started this morning. I know. I mean, you're oh, yeah. curiously scribbling. I just, I just did mine when I got off work, so. You <laughs> <laughs> should be ashamed of yourselves. So, uh, yeah, we'll, at the moment, man. Let's, let, let's start with uh, Bo. All right. Top five. I'm going five to one. These are in pretty much order. It's hard to put them in an order, actually, you know, you know, because they're not all the same genre. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, so my number five, probably the most... I think this one might be on U2's list also, maybe not, but it's probably the most commonly mentioned remake is Ocean's Eleven, the Ocean's Eleven remake. Cool. I think, I think that it made the – it's not like my – it's not it, – it is a good movie. It's not like one of my favorite movies, but it's uh, – it as far as remakes go, it, it was a universally loved remake. I mean, a lot of people love that movie. Hmm. Um, cool. Number four for me is Dawn of the Dead. Cool. Uh, but Zach, I really like Zack Snyder version to me. Yeah, I like the yeah. new Dawn of the Dead. I think it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Number three, Let Me In. I'd never seen that movie till we did it on Film Flams. Right. And uh, Let Me In's a, a really good movie. I actually haven't seen the original. I don't know if that was uh, should be like a specification that you have to have seen the original for it to be on your list. <laughs> I really hope um, not. But I just picked movies that were remakes that I like. Yeah, no, it's a good, all good choices so far. Uh, number two, The Departed. Uh, the Departed is a the original movie I haven't seen, and it's not titled The Departed, but it's based on some other movie. Yeah. Do you know the title of it? Internal Affairs, I think it's called. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I, I actually saw it before the show, but I didn't write it down. Hmm. Um, so The Departed, I think it's a really cool movie. Um, it was one of the movies where I realized that Leonardo DiCaprio is like a really good actor. <laughs> uh, I'm of the gen- I'm of the Titanic generation, so like. For the longest time, I was just, you know, all the girls my age were obsessed with Leonardo DiCaprio. So I hated him. And I just I just thought he was terrible, you know. And then and then he came. I saw The Departed, and I was like, oh, no, that guy's pretty good. Titanic's <laughs> terrible, but he's good, yeah. Oh, you're and, totally right. Uh, it's just, I've oh, always totally just right. been, I can't believe how far that guy's come since growing pains. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio it really is actually an excellent actor. He and, is and quite the ti- good. And Titanic is not the film that you want to see to see evidence of that. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm just saying, like, people my age, that's probably their introduction to him. And yeah. that's, you know, we had to learn to love him. You didn't see Basketball Diaries in school? Nope, did no. not. Okay, cool. Never even heard of it. Oh, see that? That's, he knocks it out of the park. We slam um, dogs it. Oh! <laughs> and then my number one, yep. my number one, and uh, I did see this movie recently, so maybe I'm still in living in the afterglow, but... The Planet of the Apes movies, I think, are great remakes. The most recent one is really fantastic. I'm including it as a remake, even though it's not a direct remake. It's more of a relaunch or a revamp, but um, I'm putting it in there. Yeah. And uh, yeah. it's really good. I really like what they're doing with those movies. I totally agree with you. I, I, the only reason I don't have those on my on my list is because I don't really consider them remakes. So they're more prequels. But uh, Yeah, they're not exactly. They're, but, they're almost they are, like just a... They're, kind of, they're like a reboot prequel, so that's that's totally fine. But I, yeah, I totally agree with that. They're awesome. Cool. All right, next up we've got uh, Crystal. Well, once again, I've only got three out of the five. We should just uh, call it a top three. Top three for me. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's I've, I've got a little bit of a rant for the internet here because, you know, every time I, I have trouble coming up with my top five, I go to the internet for my source of inspiration. And... There's tons and tons of lists on there, but everybody's got the same thing on their lists over and over again. So my my advice would be, if you're going to put a list on the internet, just check and see if your list is already there. And don't put it in those little 
like gallery things where you have to keep hitting next, oh, next, next to see them over the and over again. I hate that. Yeah. So um, I went to the uh, the old good old reliable Wikipedia and went through the the A to Z of um, remakes, which is quite extensive and it's hard to go through because your eyes could have been skip over the titles, but still end up only coming out with three. <laughs> So from three to one, um, I also had Ocean's Eleven pretty much for the same reasons. It's, mm. it's a decent film and, a, and it's a remake. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much it. It's a decent film. But it, yeah, it's not, it's not one that's um, – yeah, I mean, it's in your collection, but it's not one I would consider collection worthy because gotcha. I wouldn't watch it four times in four days. <laughs> Well, it's, no, it's no, it's no Fantastic Four. Let yeah. me just say that. <laughs> Number two on my list is um, Vanilla Sky, and and I'm glad you said it's. We don't have to watch the um, Original. originals because this is based on a Spanish film from 1997 called Open Your Eyes, which I have not ever seen. But Vanilla Sky is a pretty good, watchable, entertaining film. I liked it. Funnily enough, Penelope, Penelope Cruz, who's in Vanilla Sky, was the main actress in Open Your Eyes. Well, there you go. There's a connection. Um, yeah. Pretty good, uh, and yeah, nice performance from Tom Cruise. For a change? For no, no. no Tom, look, <laughs> I'm kidding. No, Tom, I, I Tom, love Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is always good, but he's always Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, he's really good one, at playing Tom Cruise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> number one on my list, I'm very pleased to be able to include this because it is actually one of my all-time favorite movies: is Twelve Monkeys. Twelve oh, Monkeys, I didn't think about that. Twelve Monkeys is a remake. For, uh, What's or, it a remake or, of? Or, or it's I don't know whether you'd call it a remake or it's it's uh, inspired by a short French film from 1962 called La Really? Really? And I'll spell that because my French is really bad. No, that is it's La, it's La Jette. It's L A. Yep. Second word J E T with a thingy on the top and another E. Sorry, J E T E thingy on the top of the E. Is that is that true? E. According to Wikipedia. I'm looking that up. According to Wikipedia. Yeah, I Actually, it. I had two sources for that. So 12 Monkeys, I, I just, 12 Monkeys is one of the very few films that I left the cinema still thinking about it, being interested in it, and having a conversation with the person I saw it with and still trying to work it out and not yeah. being annoyed by still having to try and work it out, just being intrigued by it. So yeah, highly recommend I, I, 12 Monkeys. Like, well, have you seen the TV show? No. I didn't know there was a TV show. Oh, there's a TV show? Yeah, yeah when we were at New York Comic Con, there was gigantic yeah, billboards huge, up everywhere. Posters everywhere. Really? I must have watched my last show. I think it's got a whole season out already. Actually, it's, yes. And I remember that. I do remember that. It is very different than the movie, but at the same time, it's very similar. So, I mean, like, I think it, you you should check it out. I it ain't the best show I ever watched, but it damn sure ain't the worst. Well, they recreate <laughs> the film. The very The first episode is the film. And then yeah, every episode yeah. after that spins off from that. I, I do remember somebody saying at one point, I'll meet you by the 12 Monkeys poster. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah, wait, just like, wait at the 12 Monkeys poster. It was Constantine or 12 Monkeys. Yeah. It was like, meet me at 12 Monkeys or meet me at Constantine. <laughs> so there you go. So yeah, it, was, so it, isn't, it isn't a remake of Legette, but it is, it is heavily inspired, inspired by... by. Um, well, that's it actually, it actually mentions that in the opening credits. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Wow. So I was, I was pleased to be able to put that on my list. That's Yay! very that's very well done. I, and I want to see this now. This looks awesome. Cool. No, oh, that's a, an excellent list. Awesome. Yeah, five. Um, yeah, a, a lot of these have already been mentioned. Number five, Dread. The mm-hmm. Carl. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, uh, remake of uh, the terrible Sylvester Stallone version, and it is highly entertaining. No, it's not. <laughs> yes, it is. Number four, <laughs> Ocean's Eleven, just like everybody else. Number three, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which is a remake of the fifties yeah. film. Uh, Starring Donald Sutherland and uh, 
Uh, Leonard Nimoy. Cool stuff. Uh, number two, The Fly, which is Cronenberg's remake. Help me. Yeah, the remake of that one, <laughs> which is awesome. And uh, number one, John Carpenter's The Thing, which is... Uh, I almost uh, mentioned The Thing. Which yeah. is absolute brilliance. You've got to say it. Great, great stuff. Inspired, inspired by and inspired into uh, so many uh, science fiction films. Um, so just uh, I just wanted to just say a quick thanks to uh, listener Scott Buchanan, uh, who actually suggested this top five. Which I thought, yeah, which I thought was pretty cool. So and and some you know actually someone actually suggesting a top five idea, which is which is pretty groovy. Do you know what I've learned doing these top fives, and this one particularly hammered at home for me? I need to watch more movies. There's plenty of movies on these lists that I've I recognise <laughs> that I recognise, but I have not seen. Well, every time yeah. I suggest to watch a film, you're like, nah, that's not for me. Yeah, I'm no, with you, man. I, I haven't I've seen got as to be in the mood. I thought I had. Yeah, <laughs> I've got to be. I've got to be in a specific mood to watch a, a movie, and, and 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 those the movies and the moods often do not coincide. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm a hard person to watch a film with. You, you, you're damn straight. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, yeah. So once again, thanks to Scott, and uh, it was a cool idea. Great, a great topic. And anybody else has got any? Any uh, top fives they want us to go through, uh, please let us know. It was awesome stuff. Let's move on to <laughs> As We're <Up> Times. <laughs> uh, as We're Times, I've only got two things to mention for As We're Times. Uh, actually, three things. Uh, Warcraft, World of Warcraft is on sale. It's 50% off for the Battle Chest. The Battle Chest now covers everything up to mop i'm pretty sure i thought is... you meant blizzard i think it does yeah. it not also include mop i think you only had yeah. to buy battle chest it, and warlords yeah i think it pretty much covers all the way up to mop so that's pretty good uh how so much is it well it's, i don't know 50 percent also makes it what does it make it 10 bucks it makes uh, it half the price of the normal price <laughs> <laughs> half the price of the recommended retail price <laughs> probably should have looked that up um and uh, also uh Drain Warlords of Draenor is 25% up, so essentially you can get the whole game on the cheap. Um, I got a buddy of mine that's trying to, he's wanting to start well, I need to let him know that like now's the time to jump on it. Now's the time, yeah, sale finishes uh, 20-something of April, so get on it. Uh, The other thing is, uh, they've released a video called Azeroth Armory Forging Gore How. I actually quite liked it. It was, it was it was quite entertaining. It has that that very similar feel to all these TV shows you're getting nowadays with like you know porn stars and porn as in P A W N um, and you know, that sort of that sort of you know duck dynasty that that sort of that sort of, sort of feel to it. But oh, with, oh. with a bunch of bunch of uh, blacksmiths creating. Um, How do you, you think act. that was similar to Duck Dynasty? Uh, well, you know, it's the same. It's that sort of that sort of reality TV like, show personality Amer- American type thing. Pickers, that sort of American thing. Pickers, all that sort of crap. They're all the same. Let's there was no pick. <laughs> there was no pick. Anyway, so it's yeah, it's just pretty entertaining. It only goes for like seven or eight minutes, and uh, yeah, check that. I, th- I think the only thing I didn't like about the video was right at the end where they're actually using it to break stuff. Yeah, <laughs> just like come on, that's just so cheesy. That's a very boy thing. It was a very boy thing, uh, but the actual construction of it itself was pretty cool. Yeah, it was yeah. really cheesy watching him try to use it because it's like the guy was saying, if he actually made it out of steel, it would weigh like two hundred pounds or something. Yeah, it's, not, it's even it's not practical. Yeah, even though he hollowed it out to make it a little more practical, they still like can barely sling the thing. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. this has been edited to make it look cooler, and they look. You know, they look terrible trying to sling this thing yeah. <laughs> And I, I'm very disappointed that nobody tested out the theory that it's meant to make sound when it flies through the air. 
Oh my god! If they like, tried throwing that thing, because at the start, at, at the start, the Blizzard guy says it gets it, it gets its name because when you throw it through the air, it it makes this it howling makes sound. Yeah, and it's like, why would you make this gigantic axe designed to be thrown? It's like it doesn't make any sense. I mean, that is what he uses. He actually does use it in the in the cinematic to throw it yeah. and, and get them in the head, but. They didn't have any orcs on hand that could throw it. You yeah, know? you didn't have super-powered beings that are able to actually pick these things up. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it was pretty funny. But, uh, yeah, entertaining. Check it out. Um, and the guy who makes it, obviously, a master. He knows what he's talking about. Uh, the only other thing I've got is... Uh, I've got uh, quite a number of characters that are level 100 now. And the more and more characters that get to 100, I have to go through the, the rigmarole of, go, of trying to get the legendary quest done and all that sort of stuff, uh, sort, of, sort of points out to me just how annoying the Apex Crystals are. <laughs> so Apex Crystals are the new currency. Um, well, actually, they're, uh, they're, they're they've, they've existed before, but Apex, they're, they're used for a multiple things. So part of, part of they used to, you need almost 5,000 of them to, for, to start off the Legendary Ring quest, and but they're also mainly used in order to buy items, like gear and, and you know upgrades and stuff like that. And... Blizzard has recently, in the latest uh, patch, have changed the way that their daily, the daily Apexus Crystals quest works. So, uh, at your garrison, you get a daily quest, and you get a choice. You can either do a, well, most of the time, you can either do a, an 800 Apexus Crystals quest or an 1,000 Apexus Crystals quest. And at the 800 one, you can solo. It takes a little bit of time, but you can easily solo it. It's not hard. The 1,000 one, what people used to do is they would, they would create a raid go to the area which this quest was this quest needs to be done and then and then do the quest and that because the quest always just involved it's basically just a bar and you face you filled the bar by killing these people uh the mobs or you know clicking on items whatever they made and as soon as the bar filled up because you'd you've caused enough damage to their cause um the bar would fill up your quest would complete and off you go you get your thousand crystals um, and that then also then also ties into garrison invasions. So the garrison invasions occur because you've done these Apexus Crystals quests so much that you've caused so much damage to these NPCs, NC, uh, to these NCPs that uh, they then they're like they want to retaliate. So all that was all pretty cool. Uh, but in the latest patch, they've changed it so that you can now can't do those quests as part of a raid. So the fun of actually grouping up with you know twenty five people. And just go and just wrecking havoc on these on on these groups of NCPs has now been just taken away from us. And it's I don't often get annoyed with the changes that Blizzard makes because it's, I mean at the end of the day it's just a game. And sometimes some nerfing you know can be kind of annoying, and you know some other sort of things that they do can be quite annoying. But this one has really really irritated me. There was actually there's no logical reason behind it. So they've actually taken away something that was quite fun. And and take and take it away for us for no logical reason. They didn't even bother to explain why. Do you, do you have any, any idea why, Bo? No, I got no idea why. Yeah, it's just, I think it is a little bizarre. It's just weird. So now you actually have to get go to the trouble of trying to get like a five man group to go and do these thousand crystals. And I just haven't bothered. I just, I just can't be bothered. Screw it. I mean, it's. it's I mean. But, I actually think it was more social the other way. Yeah, yeah. it was actually. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like I mean, they, they they said they wanted to make it. A, uh, make this game more social and, and they've actually gone the complete opposite of that. I actually now feel like a prisoner in my garrison. The garrison's the day day by day my garrison's are actually becoming more annoying because of the there's just there's really there's really not much of a, any reason to leave it. Once you reach a hundred, there's no point in leaving your garrison. You just stay in your garrison and you go off and do, you know, raids, which you you port to. So it's 
the whole exploration of, of of the land has kind of kind of lost it for me. And and they were fun. Those daily a thousand Apexus crystals quests were fun. And now they're not. Now they're just a chore. Do you do you buy any of the gear though? I I, I have not spent what I I spent Apexus crystals on the uh, on the loot rolls for yeah. um for downing bosses. I, I never buy gear with. Oh it. well, let, let me get. I don't I don't buy gear. And let me tell you why. Right. Um, I found this very interesting post that basically just works out the math of upgrading using the Pexus crystals, which is what they're meant to be for, and it's yeah. it's nigh impossible. Basically, it's so annoying that it just saps all the excitement out of you. So let, let me throw some numbers at you. To actually get a piece of six level 670 gear, which is actually now not that impressive, but a level 670 at, at the point of this post was actually was was basically the best you could get at that point. Because and just working out an average of a thousand shards a day. So if you were doing back when you were able, able to do the raid for it, if you were doing that thousand, you would, if you did the raid, you would get the thousand that you would get for completed it, plus a few extra ones here or there from the mobs themselves. So av- on average, you get a thousand. You would get a thousand shards a day. So just to earn a single level one, uh, an eye level six seventy item, you had to pay fifty six thousand crystals, which takes fifty six days to do. Now that yeah. is just crazy. It is crazy, and if you're, I mean, normal Blackrock Foundry drops six seventy. Now that they did the uh, five eye level eye level boost for yeah. Blackrock Foundry yeah. gear, so now that the so upgrades I mean, have gone from six seventy to whatever they are now six ninety. just if you dedicated that time instead of <laughs> instead of you know getting the the uh, crystals, if you dedicated that time to just pugging normal, yeah. which is which normal, it's not bad to get a normal group anymore. Um, with uh, you know, with the new game implementations and stuff, I mean, you would definitely come out with way more gear at six seventy eye level than you would just that one piece that you saved up for. Yeah, it's just crazy. Actually, so I, I I haven't bought a single piece of gear using my crystals. I just I've I've bought the the pets <laughs> and uh, use them for the legendary ring. That's it. It's, just, it's just and fun. another thing is like if you let's say you're doing you're so let's say you're doing both you're doing you're getting the crystals while you're also you know pugging normal rates like what piece of gear do you buy because gear's going to drop as you're doing the raids how pissed would you be if it took you <laughs> like two months to buy a back piece from the vendor and then a, a better back piece drops off of uh, a boss in black rock foundry oh yeah that would be so frustrating yeah that's terrible i i don't even I don't even try to get those crystals. I just naturally get them from doing things around the garrison, and I buy those. I buy those um, loot roll things. I, I don't even try to get them. I don't do that daily at all. No, yeah, no. I've, I've given up on the doubt. I've done it. I've done it a, a couple of times in order to get enough um, for the legendary ring. Um, so, but you only need to do five days worth to do that, and then and then you're done essentially. So and then I, I won't touch it again. But it's just it's just a stupid decision. I just I'll straight out straight out say Blizzard. Stupid decision. Did I miss having that? I I like the justice point thing, and you know, like I miss having that. But the way they're doing it, this expansion, it's just—it really is just taking me out of it. I don't even try to do that. It's crazy. Pretty cool. Oh, I have one thing to add on to Azerothian Times. I don't know if I mentioned it. I don't know if I had a chance to mention it on here, but I'm like one of the only people that I know that was excited about the selfie cam, which I think I did mention that, but yeah. All of this time, I had never gotten the quest, and I kept bugging you about it. I was bugging <laughs> everybody I know, like, you're sure I don't have to do anything, because it seems like everybody I know has gotten the camera except for me, yeah. and yeah. 
they're all vendoring them because they don't care. And I'm like the only person that wants it. And I finally got it yesterday. It's been this oh my long. God. And I've been doing every single, like I've been doing uh, garrison missions that I don't give a crap about, but I'm just like, maybe if I empty out the queue, yeah. you know, it has yeah. a better chance of giving, giving me the selfie cam. And I just now got it, man. <laughs> That's outrageous. I've got it on I every single character. It. Every character that can do garrison follow quest has got one. Yeah. Well, and I've got, got, the, and got, I've got the add-on oh. that actually makes that turns it into a toy. Yeah, I haven't gotten that yet. So that's yeah. what I was going to say is I've gotten two of them. Yeah. I got one on a character that like I never play, but I was trying so hard to get it that I was logging into all my characters, doing the garrison missions, and then logging out just to try to like get the thing. Yeah. And I got it on a character that like I never play, and I was hoping that that would in turn open up the mission to get the toy so I could actually use it on all my characters. Yeah. But I still haven't yeah. gotten the toy yet. Yeah. But on my main on my main character, I finally got the the camera, so that's good enough for now. I'm happy with that. <laughs> I love the faces that they pull when they're doing it; it's hilarious. The well, dress, like I'm wearing yeah. like a veil, like at my because uh, he's a mage, and my cloth piece I'm wearing has like a like a veil, and you can't see his face. So oh. I'm thinking about I'm thinking about changing my transmog just for my selfie cam. Just take <laughs> just yeah, just take the headpiece off. But it's, I, I think the best one is the Dreno. The, the Dreno one that they do is is actually. Some of the faces they pull are hilarious. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. I want to. I want to start one of the. I want to start like a blog where I just go take selfies in front of different, different stuff in World of Warcraft. <laughs> <laughs> I want to start like a, a selfie Tumblr page. Oh, the the filter <laughs> the, when it becomes a toy is hilarious. It, it's it's. Uh, I don't take selfies in real life, but I think this this thing in the game is hilarious. Whereas and it's it has like an Instagram type filter thing added to it where. It, and you can make yeah. put it into sort of sepia tones. It's hilarious. The sepia tone ones. I've been doing that in front of things around Ironforge, so it looks like I'm back in the Ironforge's past. <laughs> yeah, I don't Sometimes even know I why. <laughs> I don't even know why I wanted the selfie cam. I, I I I don't know. I had this envision in my head that like I would meet like uh, streamers and stuff that I watch sometimes, and I'd be able to take a <laughs> selfie with them, you know. But they're probably not even on the same server as me. I mean, I don't, I don't know why I wanted it so bad. Now that I got it, I, don't, I, I haven't even, I have yet to take a selfie. I've pulled it out and looked at it, but I've yet to actually take one. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we, on, on that note, we'll finish up with uh, just one last thing. So um, as is traditional, uh, April Fool's Blizzard did some stuff in-game. Um, this year was actually not quite as funny as, as past ones have been, but uh, at least in my opinion. But this year it was the... Um, the Tinder device, so much like the selfie camera, uh, your followers you could you could get you, your follower missions could get you a Tinder device, which you could then use to send your followers, not yourself, but your followers on romantic dates. So they would meet oh my up. Goodness. So they would they would uh, put in their sort of their attributes, and then the Tinder device would match up the applicable ones that you know, and then send them on an actual follower mission date, and then they would have. You know, they would either fail or succeed the dates themselves. Um, now, it was of course, it was of course, it wasn't none of it was true. It was an April April Fool's joke. But uh, some people were really upset that it wasn't an actual thing coming out because I it, totally want that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it was it was an interesting idea. I just, I just don't think it's it's quite as as funny as some pre- previous ones. But but some people, yeah, some people on the on the forums, it was, it was like, oh my god, don't. You know, how cruel to deceive us this way. It's crazy. <laughs> Dude, so I, I didn't do this this year, but last year, last year on April Fool's Day, it, it, it was the best thing ever. So, like, I had no idea it was April Fool's Day. It just, 
you know, somehow I was one of those people that just went through the whole thing and like didn't even realize that it was April Fool's and I was doing show notes for, for ECN and the show notes were like, like it was stuff like, uh, you know, Fox to relaunch Firefly, like, like great, like, or or there's going to be, um, you know, like the show notes were amazing. And I was just like getting all these articles and I was like, Oh my God, like, like there's <laughs> like, this is, am- this is going to be the best episode of ECN we've ever had. There's so much to talk about. I'm, I'm overwhelming with so many show notes and I didn't realize it until I was on the air <laughs> and we went over some of the sto- some of the show notes and, and, and all day long, Matt, Scott, nobody said to me, you know, Oh, April fools, you know, no one ever did a joke or anything like that. I didn't figure it out until I was on the air, and then I was like, oh, my God, it is April 1st. <laughs> that is hilarious. I even read some of the articles. I didn't like, like, I think I got through a few, a few different stories before I realized. And you know what? I just kept it. I kept it all in. I didn't edit anything out. <laughs> that is brilliant. Well, you can, check, you can check out that episode of ECN over on Undercast Network. Oh, yeah. Uh, UndercastNetwork.com. <laughs> so that's it for us. We're at the end times. Let's Sorry. finish up with Coming Soon. In Australian cinemas, April 9th, we get Black Sea, which is Jude Law's Jude submarine Law's movie, which quite frankly looks like pants. Uh, <laughs> Coming Home. Don't know anything about. No. Probably some romantic. Yeah, it's like it'll be some sort of Romo drama thing. Romo oh drama. yeah, yeah, yeah! It's yeah, Romo. What? Romo, what I've never heard, heard, that, heard that term before. Oh, it's white. I've, I've, I've trademarked that too. Romo drama. <laughs> Wrong drama. Um, it'll be. It's by the same guy who does all of those, all of those bloody romantic drama movies. You know the, mm. you know like, the letters and the Notebook and Nicholas Sparks. I don't know. I don't know who it is, but it's all those all that rubbish. Talking about rubbish, Hot Tub Time Machine 2. Of all the movies oh, that didn't God. need a sequel. How is there two of those movies? <laughs> John Cusack hasn't come back, but everybody else has. John Cusack's smart. <laughs> well, he was in the first one, so he's not that smart. Yeah, we had to pay the bills. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Let's Get Married, which is a Chinese, I think it's either Chinese or Korean comedy about two guys who pretend to get married. Apparently it's a huge hit overseas. So they've uh, made a movie, it's a TV show they made a movie about. Uh, Mummy, which is about a, a single mum and her son, and her son has some sort of condition. I'm not too sure what it is, probably autism or something. I don't know, but it makes him go crazy in point, at some points. Uh, and X plus Y. I think it's, it's probably another. It's probably another Romo drama. A Romo. Who knows? I don't know. Anyway, so in American cinemas. Uh, on April 10th, we have The Longest Ride, which is a it's a romantic comedy, a Romo comedy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have uh, Ex Machina, which uh, which looks really good. I saw the preview for that. It looks pretty cool. Kill Me Three Times, which I don't know what Kill Me Three Times is, but it's got um, Simon Pegg in it. No, we can't do. So it's something, and uh, I don't know anything about it, but it's got a cool cover, Lost River. Awesome. So that's it for episode 137. Uh, David. See the Fantastic Four. It's awesome. Can't be any good. <laughs> and Crystal. I used to do PVC, but it was really sticky and got my hands stuck together. And goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> it got sticky. Is that how you my, do it? my hands got sticky together. 
hilarious. The look on her face. Uh, bye. You've been listening to Nerd Culture Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email to feedback at nerdculturepodcast.com. You can write on our wall if you go to the Facebook page. Go to facebook.com forward slash nerdculturepodcast. Tweet us at nerdculturecast. Skype us on Nerd Culture Podcast. If we don't answer, leave a message. We might even play it on the show. You can comment on any post on our website. www.nerdculturepodcast.com If you'd like to support the show, use the Amazon affiliate widget on our website to do your Amazon shopping. It doesn't cost you any extra, and a small percentage of the profit goes towards helping us to produce our show. We can see what you buy, but not who you are, so your privacy is assured. Check out our videos at ncptv.net or search for NCPTV on YouTube because we also have a YouTube channel. Don't forget, you can rate, review and subscribe to the show on iTunes. Wondering where you can hear more of Bo? Go to ecnradio.com. Bo and David also have another podcast called Film Flames. More info at www.filmflames.com. You can find all of our podcasts and more at undercastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for more episodes.